1: Rays reliever Colin Poche needs Tommy John's surgery. And the Bucks agree to terms with another rookie draft pick. We'll tell you who it is. And former Bucks defensive end Michael Bennett, the three-time Pro Bowler and Super Bowl champion, calls it quits. And unless you object, I strenuously object. Is that how it works? We'll talk some gratuitous sports scenes and movies with Chris Torello of Spectrum Sports 360 on Bay News 9 on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick, uh, so, Steve, I guess the Rays had their seventh uh, s- seven inning scrimmage uh, ended in a tie three three. Um, my timing is not so good. I, I went, I I, I kind of remembered late, very late, that they were playing. I turned it on on TV, and it was uh, Dwayne Stats and Brian Anderson signing off <laughs> from Tropicana, <laughs> and that's the yeah, that's the seventh inning scrimmage. They tie three three here with Brian Anderson, Brian. What do you gain from these kind of games? He goes, well, not not much really, Dwayne. Just <laughs> not a whole lot. Um, so, yeah. well, then
2: you didn't miss much. See, so I didn't
1: miss anything. Apparently, I missed six runs, and I guess G-Man Choi went yard, and maybe uh, and, somebody else. But
2: and know. wore his mask incorrectly while batting. So
1: <laughs> did he? Did he? Now
2: I saw Joey Knight had this screen uh, screenshot of it of just covering his mouth, not the nose.
1: Yeah, that's not that's not really what they they want you to do. It kind of defeats the purpose because. You don't want that to happen. But, uh, but yeah, so, look, they're getting closer and closer. I mean, we are just, a, what, a two two day or two, two, two days, days away from the uh, season opener against mm-hmm. the Toronto Blue Jays in Tropicana Field. So, baseball, baseball is back, man. I can feel it. Did it's going to be great. Did you see
2: the New York Post? mm The New York Post, Joel Sherman writing in the New York Post on Tuesday's paper yeah. predicted the Rays would win the AL East not the Yankees.
1: See, if I'm a Rays fan, just just put this out here, okay? If you're a Rays fan, this is not where you want to be. Buster Olney, all these national guys, now now Sherman, all of them jumping, breaking their ankles, jumping onto the to the Rays bandwagon. I mean, it's incredible. I know they were really really good last year. And and I mean, I think what they they're looking at is just the versatility uh, and the creativity of their pitching staff and and, and other and, and it 's a good ball club. we know that some of the some of the deals they 've made in the off season, but man, in sixty games, anything can happen, and they are just like the darlings now, like they 're like the hot pick, you never want to be the hot pick right you don 't want to be the hot the, 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 the flavor of the week, do you
2: well i don 't know the Rays put out a, a hype video the other day. The tweet was, <laughs> "Is that all you got?" And it was a pretty sweet video if you haven 't seen it, but
1: oh, great. So they're buying into it as well. Well, look, I mean, if you don't think, you know, there's 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 winning and then there's last place. I mean, if you don't think you can do it, um, then you're probably in the wrong sport. But uh, well, you're saying you're either and, your first or your last. You yeah, Ricky Bobby now, um, Ricky. I'm trying to Ricky Bobby it, but I but I mean seriously. I, and I look, I've said it on this on this podcast. I put it out there. I, I watched a couple of, of, uh, of you know controlled scrimmages or whatever the hell you want to call them, but um. I, I don't I don't see a big weakness um really in this in this baseball team I love. I love the three starters if they can you know throw in 7 7 or 8 innings the first time around, but it's, eventually they'll build up and when they do you can, you know, you can go deeper in games. I like their bullpen. I still want to see Nick Anderson, as I think Mm -hmm. will be the ninth inning guy or the leverage guy, you know, high leverage guy late in games. Oh, I Um, I think
2: you're going to see, I think you're going to see Castillo, you're going to see Alvarado, you're going to see Mm -hmm. Anderson. They're all going to be in that mix for that last inning.
1: I think so. But I mean, they did kind of, and maybe it's not enough games, but they did kind of fall into a nice, you know, seven, eight, nine Mm -hmm. routine a year ago. Of course, their closer is now with the A's again, but... Um, but Anderson was the eighth inning guy late in the season. I think he'll he mm-hmm. could do that in the ninth. Obviously, the others you mentioned can too. But I I, I mean I love the pitching and I love the defense. Now they're going to have, like I said, a, a a bunch of interchangeable parts and scoring runs. You always are concerned with this Rays team. You know um, they're going to miss Tommy Pham. I think who walked mm-hmm. you know eighty something times and you, you know you replace him with a guy that. Struck out 150 times, but he hit 33 home runs. He hit 26 the year before that and 26 the year before that. So they've got some power. Let's see what, you know, Yoshi mm-hmm. does. Let's, you know, some of the newer additions. But uh, they are they are a favorite. I mean, it's amazing how many. I, I mean, I still think the Yankees, let's be honest. I don't care how you handicap this thing. Whether it was 162 games or 60, I'm going to say Yankees-Dodgers. I think those are the two best teams, um, you know, in baseball in each each respective league and no matter no matter what you say you know those those AL East teams ha- are tough and they got to play the NL East which is very tough but they've all got to play them right they've all they've all got to run through the NL East so um we know you got to get off to a good start uh all the pitchers right now knock on one seem healthy except they lost one they lost Colin Pochet.
2: well and that's going to hurt the left-handed left-handed arms out of the bullpen i mean it uh, means mm-hmm. Jose Alvarado is going to be counted on more You've got Aaron Loop, who's made the team. That uh, guy's
1: impressive. I saw yeah. him pitch. He's a very, like, you don't see a lot of left-handers that, that kind of mm-hmm. had that under underhand delivery, you know, that sidearm yep. uh, action and the movement on the baseball that he has. So that's going to be, he's going to be really tough yep. on, on righties and lefties.
2: Now, he was he, uh, injury-shortened season last year, a tough t- 2018, so we'll see how he does. Right. You know, throughout the season of course well, Oliver Drake's good, yeah. a right-hander who throws like a left-hander essentially <laughs>
1: that's right mm-hmm.
2: um and then you know maybe Anthony Bonda and Jalen Beeks gets more time or even Shane McClanahan now when you need a left-handed arm so true yeah um, you know I mean poche was they were counting on him for big time you know left-handed yeah. you know yep. innings and, and remember this year you've got to face three batters too
1: that's right oh um, that's a good point you know or that's going to be if, or a if an inning ends
2: too. and you can then face less yeah. but you can't just come in for one batter in the middle of an inning and then leave again
1: Right, and that'll be interesting if, if uh, say you know, sometimes Alvarado loses the strike zone, right? He's mm-hmm. going to have to go through three. I mean, there are some guys that could, that could do that. Um, you know, that's that's all going to be a factor. But yeah, well, you know, just just add another another band, you know, more room on the bandwagon for the Rays. I guess there's there's uh, plenty of passengers now, and it all starts on Friday with Toronto, who has a, a, a bunch of young guys that are hungry and talented. I don't know if they can sustain. You know, that's one of those teams like you go, yeah, I don't think they're quite ready yet. I don't think their pitching is where it should be. you got a bunch of young players. But, man, on some nights, they look like the best team in mm-hmm. baseball. So some of those guys can just rake, you know. Uh, and uh, so you just don't know. You know, you, 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 That's who you draw the first time out. They're, not, they're, not, they're homeless, basically. Have they decided where the Blue Jays are going to play yet? I know they're
2: talking with Pittsburgh using okay. PNC Park, but I don't think it's a done deal at this point.
1: Right. I guess the TROP is not in play.
2: Uh, I haven't heard that. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. usually the Rays are the first to offer up their facilities to, right. to teams whenever there's an issue. Now, maybe it's, you know, if you look at the schedule and there's too many home dates conflicting, too, that it just doesn't make it worthwhile, Right. Um, depending on how the schedule. I haven't looked at how the schedule compares. But, you know, if Toronto's yeah. got a lot of the same home dates as the Rays, it doesn't work. You have to find a team that, if you're going to a major league park, you got to find a team that's got, you know, a schedule that fits that you can work around.
1: Yeah. Well, Tampa Bay, as you know, is the Airbnb for all sports. I mean, you know, you need a Super Bowl move from Los Angeles. We got you. Mm-hmm. You know, you need Houston has a hurricane. They start playing games in Detroit. Yeah. I mean, and
2: there was talk that they were possibly going to Buffalo. They're well, minor I saw league park there. Yeah. But I, I think there's an issue with replay and things like that, where they just don't have mm-hmm. the cameras. And, and then baseball's added more cameras for replay, I
1: believe, this year. I heard Charlotte. Um, I heard Indianapolis, yep. you know some of those
2: but yeah you know, i think there's some you know facility questions and, and replays and, and issues like that for
1: broadcasting too that
2: and cause put it, in a,
1: put it back in a major league park somewhere then mm-hmm.
2: i mean that, if you remember hockey initially was kind of talking about going yeah. to like north dakota and finding some rinks there to go play or whatever and then it just you know what we need the nhl facilities it's got from from the medical to the broadcast to everything we need is there right you know, if we go to some small park in some you know new hampshire or whatever they just don't have what we need
1: Hmm. Yeah, so it sounds like they're going to end up in a major league, a major league park. And, 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 I mean, PNC, I mean, that's beautiful up there, you know, aesthetically as far as Pittsburgh goes, and um, that would make sense. You know, a National League team may not conflict. So we'll see what happens with that. Meanwhile, the Bucks agreed to terms with another rookie draft pick. It is uh, Raymond Calais, their uh, diminutive running back from Louisiana Lafayette. He's a foot 188-pounder, drafted in the seventh round. Probably going to be uh, mostly a special teams guy. He's returned kicks. That's, that's going to be how he makes his football team. Um, somebody said on Twitter they wouldn't be surprised if uh, somehow he uh, wins a job over Keyshawn Vaughn. I'm here to tell you if that happens, they should fire the scouting department because <laughs> Keyshawn Vaughn, you know, they're really high on, and they got him in the third round, um, and they have big plans for him. Well, you wrote
2: but, he was the second most important rookie.
1: I did, I did, sure. I, and I and I think look, it's it's we know that Tristan Wirfs is going to play the most downs, right? I mean, there's no one more important as a rookie than him, and that's why they took him in the first round. He needs to start at right tackle, if not left tackle, depending on what Donovan Smith decides to do with respect to opting out or not. Um, but you go beyond that, and you say, well, Antoine Winfield, there's a big expectation about him. I mean, this guy, you know, son of an NFL uh, Pro Bowl player, you know, by the same name, played 12 years the Vikings and others. Um, and he's a ball hawk. Uh, they certainly need a safety, but they do have Jordan Whitehead. They do have, um, you know, some some guys that have played, and I and without being in training camp, without n- anything really other than the, the Zoom meetings, you know, with respect to Todd Bowles' defense, um, you know, I, I could see where maybe he is a uh, initially anyway, maybe a guy that comes in. Uh, and, and you play 66% of your plays are or in or in nickel anyway. But maybe he's a guy that plays when they bring in an extra defensive back, um, covers a slot. He could do a lot of things, obviously. He can play against the run too. So I, I think the Bulls will utilize him right off the bat. But the thing about Vaughn, and, and I'm just going based on what I hear from the Bucks because I have not, other than watching tape, when he's very impressive on tape, but other than watching that, um, I just know that a lot of people around the league, when they picked Keyshawn Vaughn, you know, thought that it was a very, very good pick, that he was probably underdrafted. You usually hear about guys, you know, reaching and it was overdrafted. And there were a lot of running backs in the second round that the Bucks passed on, including J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State, to take Antoine Winfield. I mean, they felt like he was, a you know, a, a, a bigger need maybe on defense. Um, but they – I'm told they like this guy – Vaughn better than J.K. Dobbins. And that's saying something when you look at Dobbins' production at Ohio State. I mean, the guy was off the chain productive. And um, so, you know, if if you weigh that, and the fact that Ronald Jones, even though the reports are that Tom Brady likes Ronald Jones an awful lot, he's worked with him a lot at, at Berkeley and other places. Um, and I think Ronald, you know, two years now going into his third year in the league has grown up both as a man and a football player. But let's face it, he has some holes in his game. I don't know that Vaughn does. I think Vaughn's a more natural pass catcher. He'll have he'll, ha, he'll have a big learning curve. It's not as if he's been with rookies and OTAs and rookie mini camps and things like this. So, like any any young player, especially at that position with blitz pickups and protections and things like that, it's going to be difficult. But for my money, I mean I'm just I'm just going by what I'm hearing and they are so sky high on this guy that I would be surprised if he didn't get a lot of chances and and ends up uh ends up doing some stuff but you know to that i mean to that point i mean look you've got him agumbowale it's a small running back room when you really think about it so a guy like Calais, you need some special teamers you need some guys to cover kicks you need some guys to return punts and kickoff, kickoffs maybe he factors into that not many seventh rounders make it but then you have the practice squad and things so we'll see they you know he's another really fast guy you know just uh a guy that you Want to get into space and get the ball to them any way you can, and um, and let them run. And so, um, you know, well, they're they're starting to sign all these draft picks now. Uh, you know, we had a couple the other day. Uh, got had one. You know, obviously on Tuesday. So they'll they'll all be in probably by the time, you know, they they actually report. Now they're going to report, and unless something changes. They're they're probably going to come in on Thursday. That was the plan. They're going to have to take COVID tests the first day. Then take two days and then take another one on the uh, fourth day and then on the fifth day they can actually come into the building if everything is clear uh, and begin you know their portion of the rookie orientation mini camp whatnot until the veterans join them what will now be it looks like probably a week from a week from this Monday I think before the veterans show up so they'll have they'll have some time in there to to kind of catch up and, and most of it's going to be used to condition and weight lift and find out where these guys are. Um, but they got another rookie draft pick in, and those are those are starting to happen. Speaking of football, Michael Bennett, I just wanted to to, to give a shout out about him because you know uh, he he calls it quits. He did this on Instagram, and uh, you know I guess it's not that surprising. I mean, you talk about a guy that forged a career uh, from an undrafted player. And really became, you know, a force for the Seattle Seahawks team that won a Super Bowl. Of course, he made, you know, three different Pro Bowls. He played for a lot of teams: Dallas, Philadelphia, um, the New England Patriots, and and and, and so on. Of course, uh, he was actually signed initially by Seattle, and then, you know, the next year the Bucks claimed him off waivers. He got released there. The Bucks claimed him off waivers. He spent four seasons in Tampa Bay, and his last year there. He led the team uh, with nine sacks, his career-high nine sacks and a whole bunch of tackles for loss and things like this and, you know, was a guy that they absolutely should have re-signed. That's one of those Mark Dominic mistakes. Um, and I know why he made it because they had drafted Daquan Bowers. They thought that he was going to be sort of the heir apparent. In fact, I think they kind of wanted to eliminate competition, which is never a good idea for their second-round pick. And Bowers just never became a good player. Um and you know Bennett went on to do great things in this league and was a character of the game you know of course his his brother is a tight end played for years and and uh they they even played together for a while but um but Michael Michael Bennett was he's a unique guy <laughs> he was a thoughtful guy um well liked by teammates when you went to those super bowls and talked to him I mean it wasn't a normal conversation it wasn't just about football it was about a lot of things socially active um, you know, was 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 very uh, you know, into social injustice and things like that. So he didn't know what the next chapter of his life is. I think he'll be successful, whatever it is, but talk about a guy who, who made himself into a uh you know, a really good player. I think he had like sixty nine and a half sacks or something like that. I mean he's really really productive player for a lot of teams that went to Super Bowls and and won. So, uh congratulations to Michael Bennett as he uh heads off to uh to his next his next endeavor, and then there's then there's NASCAR. You broke some news to me that that I was not aware of. I guess uh, I guess NASCAR is still going to race, but they're not going to have sort of the race week that they normally do at some of these r- tracks, right?
2: No practicing and no qualifying. So I heard Allen Iverson hmm. is trying out to race NASCAR now,
1: <laughs> right? Or right, exactly. as he would say, we
2: in here talking about practice. I mean, <laughs> right. listen, we're talking about practice, not a race, not yeah. a race, not a race. We're talking about practice yeah so yeah the nascar is not going to do any practicing or qualifying for all three of their uh series for the remaining of the season it's basically because it requires a lot more people in the pits and the garage areas and more teams and this and they're trying to you know keep the social distancing and keep people away from each other and keep everybody healthy
1: you know what's funny about this like uh practice what what, not the game i love that it's a great analogy but but like with with racing and i don't know anything about racing i'll be the first one to tell you this um but just what i read in the newspapers as i say and you know the testing and 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 sort of like setting up cars and um you know the the the, the, the time trial all the all that stuff right right mm-hmm. you know i got a little too much a little too tight and turned to you know it's got a little loose so you got gotta you know on a ball bearing here a wing not there who knows what they do but they make adjustments, you know, during the week, and sometimes they wreck their cars in practice, and they lose their best car and have to run, run another one too. So you eliminate that situation. Um, but it seems like a very valuable and a very, I don't know, they've made it an almost a necessary part of race of whatever race week that they're at. And yet, this may change the sport forever. Because what if you come out there and you go? Yeah, you know, we tinkered a little too much. I think the car runs great when we just put it on the track and go, you know? Or, or is it possible that the guy can get in there and they go, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, start your engines, and, and one does not turn over, <laughs> because they haven't, you know? Yeah, that or... Dang, we need a new battery right here, right this, here. We this need car new battery. is pitting on lap
2: four. <laughs> right. He wants some major adjustments. <laughs>
1: Looks like the number nine car didn't get out of the blocks. Yeah, uh, so it's just going to be. I don't. And I don't know. I mean, I. I mean, you know, it's like anything else, right? You you find out what you what what is essential and what is not during these COVID times, right? And you hope that you're essential, um, but there might be a few guys in the pits that that have been kind of winging it. Um, we'll find out, or it could be that uh, the race the races could be a calamity too. You know, you just don't know how this is going to go, but makes sense you're trying to eliminate risk in all of that so
3: ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm, hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started
1: all right back to back we are blessed to have the lovely the talented chris torello of spectrum sports 360 and bay news 9 joins us now and chris we're gonna have a little fun uh with this one because uh me and you were going back and forth on twitter I have some of my favorite movies. Uh, I think we share some of the same taste, but uh, you you started me on A Few Good Men, <laughs> which once I start, I can't stop. I just can't because that's that's one of my all-timers. I mean, that that movie was made a, a minute ago too, of course, and a great cast and um, Tom Cruise. I don't know how you got me into it, but you dragged me into it. Um, and so we said we'd save it for the podcast we're going to. And uh, I'll even retell my Few Good Bucks story here in a bit. But um and, and and along that line, along those lines, I also want to talk about because in, in a few good men, you know, and I think this is one of the scenes you were you were referring to. But, uh, you know, you have Tom Cruise. In fact, that was a cut up that you that you tweeted. You know, he's he's uh, hitting ground balls in the, in the Navy yard there. Uh, and he's um, practicing softball, which he turns out he's not really very good at. Um, yeah. and, and that's obvious when you see him trying to swing a bat. But um uh, but it it really it doesn't really have a place. There's later a basketball scene with Kevin Bacon and he's not in, but Kevin Bacon's playing basketball, which makes a little more sense. But there are scenes in certain some of these movies that that are just kind of thrown in there, and and Cruz has been a, a part of a couple of these. Of course, he's done sports movies, but um. But let's let's get to a few good men because I didn't know like are, is this something like is that one of those movies because I have a couple that if they're on I have to stop Shawshank is one yeah a few good men is one mm-hmm. um, even Top Gun at, on occasion but like what is that one of the movies you stop for do you do you do you still read, does that that movie's held up for some reason those performances are so good that the dialogue and everything it's held up.
0: Yeah, well, I mean it was midnight going into Monday and BBC America has it on and like I literally it's like I'm going through my channel guide on Spectrum and I go I have to watch it. Like what else am I going to do? Like you're not right. going to not watch a few good men, you know? <laughs> just from right off the start where they're in the yard and you've got the Marines with the, just putting on that show with their guns. Which yeah. is so cool, and my my cousin was a marine, five years served in Afghanistan. My late grandfather was in the Korean War as a lieutenant. So for me, wow. it's like you know that's so cool to watch and yeah. see them all. And and then um, yeah, no, that's that's definitely that movie from start to finish. And there's so many like characters, so many people that make it. You know, mm-hmm. so many actors. Cuba Gooding Jr. is one of the witnesses. Dr. Carter from ER, Noah Wiley. Noah Wiley,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Every time I see him, I think Eric LaSalle is going to come and yell at him. He's going to be like, Carter, (laughs) you know, because he always yelled at him in ER. And I always thought, man, that Dr. Carter, man, you know. So, um, you know, but what's funny is Cuba Gooding Jr. and Jack Nicholson ended up in As Good As It Gets Together, like five years later, which is another movie that I have. Whenever that Uh, movie on, I sit down and watch. Helen like, Hunt, I think, yes. is in that, right? Yeah. Greg Greg Kinnear. It's one of those movies where, like, even though they have to edit out a few things, like, there's yeah. very few movies that I can watch on TV because you got to sit through commercials, you got to go through everything. But a few right. good men, like you said, Shaw, Shawshank, I think Top Gun's in there, The Godfather. Um, yeah. There's, there's a few more probably, but... Sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's a few more. But, yeah, those are pretty much... Those are the big ones, you know, because it's just... It's just something to watch. Like you, you'll lose yourself for two hours, and you feel good about yourself because that's like one of the classics. So, but yeah, there's just so many. There's, absolutely,
1: yeah, there's so many lines from it, and um, you know, and 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 of course, if you go back and watch this, the the, the incredible amount of 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 sexism that's thrown at Joe, of oh, course, yeah. um, who's probably the smartest of any of them. She's not a good trial lawyer, you know. They needed a <laughs> Stren- trial lawyer today, you know. Strenuous subject.
0: Is that yeah, strongly. How it works? Really,
1: is that oh how it works? God. that's right. <laughs> you object once. If you object twice, then the nerd, then the jury isn't. Yeah, it says it's that whole thing. Oh, and it's like, she made a mistake. Let's not really? relive it. Yeah,
0: seriously. So um,
1: like- but it's uh, and, and there are scenes in there, and I've I've um, you know T.J. Reeves is a good friend of ours. Does a podcast on movies. He had me on about this. Mm-hmm. Um, T.J. Reeves, a buccaneer sideline guy, and he uh, uh, he asked me some questions I didn't have an answer for, but um, but you know there there is one scene in there that makes no sense for for a an officer of the law, and that is after Markinson. Uh, boy, this guy got a hand of these federal marshals. Boy, this guy pulls a nickel plated revolver and all that. Um <laughs> yeah. After he commits suicide, um, he figured he'd drink a little because they have no case at that point, right? And she's convincing him that he should put um, you know Colonel Jess- Jessup on yeah. the stand and. And he's hammered. He's a half bottle. He's a good half <laughs> bottle into Jack Daniels that night. Uh, but then gone, after calf, really yeah.
0: making part of that. Yeah, he's he's definitely gone that night. You're no question about.
1: Yeah, it. yeah. He's he's in the he's in the can. And and the thing is, is that um, after his little discussion, um, you know, he decides that he is going to put him on the stand. But what does he do? He gets in the car, and Joe's walking home, wherever she's going, in the in the pouring rain. And this guy's trying to convince her. Joe, get in the car. Joe, get in the car. I'm like, no, you drunk. I'm not getting in the car with you. <laughs> I mean, what are you thinking? Lieutenant yeah. Weinberg was in the car as well. Why didn't he take the keys? Uh, you, know, you know, as far as I know, he had one drink. Yeah, um, not a he's good got look.
0: Family at home too. You know, right?
1: Well, well that was a f- question. Got the
0: daughter that's just looking like she wants to speak. I remember, like, <laughs> the, when they sit yeah. down at the first meeting, she looks like she's getting ready to say <laughs> her first words. How well, that's know that, that's
1: Sam? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's the question that I was not prepared for. That TJ asked me on his on his podcast about it. I've thought a lot and seen a lot on on a few good men. But he asked me. He goes, "Okay, so Lieutenant Weinberg's daughter. She'd be about uh, what twenty twenty six, twenty seven now. Oh, what do you Jesus. think she's doing? I'm like, uh, <laughs> she's probably she's a trial lawyer? lawyer
0: in the Navy. That's right. That's
1: that's what we're thinking. We're thinking. What well, she the, the correct answer is lawyer. I guess you know I, what I don't know."
0: You know what you brought up, TJ, and I lo- I do. I, I don't think they've done a. I don't know if they still do the podcast because I, I. used to get it all the time, but one of my, and another movie I watch and I know it because I watched it twice on Showtime today, just because it was on while I was editing something. Was the firm with yes. Tom Cruise? That uh-huh. movie is so freaking good. I can sit there and watch really it good. forever.
1: Julie, right? is it uh, Trouble Horn? Is that was that her name? Uh, the the wife. I think
0: oh, I, I can't remember her name trouble Jean triple, triple, horn. Gene Gene
1: triple, triple horn. horn. That's it. triple that, horn. Yeah,
0: I think it was in TJ in that one. He did a whole thing about how like triple horns mother was sick. So they had to rush her to the hospital. And then Tom Cruise and Gene Hackman went in incognito to go visit her. It was crazy. It was like a crazy story. So, but yeah, no, those are the movies that really kind of uh, thankful. I don't think in that movie, there are any uh, sports scenes though in the firm. I think they keep it pretty legit so um right well he's in Me- he's
1: he's in memphis but um but yeah, yeah the, the, the the baseball the, the softball thing you know and then of course he brings up softball later when he's trying to tell him he's going to put <laughs> markinson on the stand we found markinson he goes you're not good that guy's not going to hold up he's crazy you know what he did intelligence blah 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 and he's trying to convince him and uh he says that you know i have a right to tell you that if you accuse an officer blah 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 and so he's walking out, and he can't think of anything to say. So he jumps up and says, you're a lousy freaking softball player, Jack. Like, and the boy, whole that hurt. bar just The stopped. whole bar goes silent. Like, if I stood up and said that, nobody would even hear me. Like, I mean, that's like the worst thing you can say in, in Annapolis, Maryland, I guess. I don't know. It's like, it's like um, the
0: Sandlot, you know, where he says, you yeah. ball like a girl. You know? it's yeah. Like, right there. It's like, you boys uh, are going yeah, down. Crazy, I can't yeah, stop him. Stands- Oh, uh, Kevin, yeah. six degrees
1: of Kevin Bacon. God bless. You. Oh God. I could, they, we could have a whole show on that oh, in and could. of itself, but yeah, it's uh, it, it, and, uh, and so I'll tell this real quickly and I, I've done it before, but those who haven't heard this story about the few good men, we, Chris Harry, who used to cover the bucks for us for the Animal Sentinel, he's now at uh, uh Gator zone in Florida, right. uh, Florida Gators, he covers basketball for them. Anyway, he and I started this thing, you know, cause Gruden is Colonel Jessup. I don't know if anybody realizes this, but like. That character is John Gruden in an intimidating sort of way. You know what I mean? You want the injury report? You can go all the injury reports you want. You got to ask me nicely. You know, he's that guy. So there was a time when, um, you know, Martin Gramatica was the kicker, and they ended up cutting him. And they cut him because he, he missed like three kicks, had two blocked, missed an extra point uh, at the end of regulation that would have won the game against Carolina. And so after all the success that Gramatica had had, and of course his brother's name was Santiago, incidentally, um, and, and part of the problem was they didn't block well for him during some of those kicks. And I think Julius Pepper's got two of them. So he's this guy. So we, so Chris Harry started this dialogue. He knows every movie line from every movie. It's incredible the memory he has. So we started going back and forth, and it was like trying to explain why Gramatica you know, was missing kicks and had to be released. You know, that was the whole thing. It was like, ever put your head in an A-gap? Ever ask the guy next to you to put his head in the A-gap? <laughs> you know, it started that way. Is we, <laughs> we block kick, you know, we block guys or, or kicks get blocked. It's as simple as that. The release of Santiago's brother, while tragic, probably saved games. You know, that oh kind of thing. My God. So And, and this so thing, good. it's the gift that keeps giving because Gruden was Colonel Jessup. Like he would give you that kind of look, you know. It's like something funny here, John. Nah, it's tragic. (laughs) You know, he used the word tragic all the time. So if you think about Nicholson, the next time you see that character, think of my man. Think of John. Has he ever been a head football coach in a movie? Like has he ever gotten the
0: Pacino any given Sunday role? You know, I don't know. Because that's that to me is a tragedy at this point.
1: Yeah, it's too late now, probably. But yeah. Like Gene oh my Hackman God, had like he would have and...
0: been such a great. Like I know John Voight in Varsity Blues is perhaps one of my favorite. You know, right. just you know, you are gonna be second string your whole life, boy. Like that <laughs> stuff is just brilliant. You're too stupid, Billy Bob. Like I mean, there's so many good lines. And then, and then, of course, any given Sunday, that oh, speech was that the he best. gives in the locker room at the, the end. We, we need. played that before we got on the bus to my state championship game in 2006. You like, fight for every inch. Exactly. You got it. It's the inches the we need inches are in, in front room. of your face. Now that's I right. can't make you do it. Oh, it's great. I can't
1: make you do it. That's right.
0: Yeah. Like, but that no, next, he was but, great. Like, I mean, I need mean Nicholson and that would have been awesome if he could have ever been a, uh, been a head coach or something. I think that would have been just, just tremendous. So it's a missed opportunity in this, in this acting lifetime, I guess.
1: I think uh, so. Unless I guess it's a, well, with CGI, maybe we can write one for him and he can like look a lot younger when he does it. But there are like these gratuitous scenes of sports that don't make any sense in movies other than they just wanted a sports scene. Like most of them don't mean anything. They don't. Um, no. You know, uh, <laughs> Catwoman at one point plays basketball, mm-hmm. you know, just to show she has handles, I guess. I don't. I don't really know what that was all about. Um and of course the the beefcake one in Top Gun was the volleyball scene right? There's no reason for him other than to be late, you know, to his soon to be girlfriend. There was
0: nothing. There was no conversation. There was no discussion. There's no dialogue. Like what do you? How do you write that? (laughs) (laughs) You don't page. There's no dialogue on the scene. Ah, it's better that way. You know. Yeah, yeah. It
1: it, it (laughs) makes sense.
0: Just flex. Just flex.
1: (laughs) Just flex a lot. Pose a lot. Yeah. Take your shirts off. Get sweaty. All of that Seriously. grease it up. Um, do you think that like
0: then... normalizes the character? Is that what do you think they're trying to? Get
1: I don't know. I least? don't know if they're. Yeah, I don't know if they When we're not flying jet airplanes, we're really just normal dudes that play volleyball. Yeah. Like I, I don't. I guess maybe there's some of that. Like because yeah. they're they're sort of superheroes, you know, going mock Mach, Mach three or whatever with their hair on fire. But it's not. You know, it's. I mean, they're already better at anything that we'd ever attempt to do. I mean, you know. Playing the piano, <laughs> singing "Great Balls well, of Fire." Here's I mean, one for you. you know.
0: I just just thought of this one in me head. Let me let me give you this one. Um, yeah. The end of the Have you ever seen Homeward Bound: The Incredible Journey Home, where they I lose think so. the three, the cat, and the two dogs? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so they're so they're making their way home. Well, yeah. it's like I don't understand it because the scene where they come home, you've got the dad and the three kids playing basketball in the in their driveway but they're all upset that they can't find their pets yet they're all huh. excited about basketball what wow. the hell is wrong with you people you got three animals in the middle of nowhere they're missing and right. you're just playing basketball it makes no nah, sense that would never, to me
1: yeah that's not that would never happen you'd be so devastated if somebody asked you to play basketball you'd go like you take that ball yeah. and you know what with it i mean you wouldn't <sighs> yeah that that makes no sense yeah right um, exactly There's some, uh, there's, there's some, there's some. uh, You mentioned uh, what Air Force. There's, there's there's movies where guys are watching sports. The president's watching on Air Force One, I guess, in that movie. Um, Yeah. So they come
0: on the plane after the, the after he gives his the the Be Not Afraid speech, right? uh, Which apparently was leading the news networks that night. Uh, Of course it was. uh, Anyway, so they're waiting for their daughter, the the family, to get back from the Russian ballet where one of the Secret Service agents apparently fell asleep. And um, so anyways, (laughs) so he comes on, and they're starting to talk, and he's like, don't tell me the score of the Michigan-Notre Dame game. (laughs) And so then he gets, like, all the way down the hallway, and, like, one of the waiters is, like, walking by, and he gives him the score, and he goes, all right, Mr. President, like, Michigan won. And, like, he just turns and is like, ah, man. Like man, I can't, I can't catch a break, can't catch a break, and uh, that was that was funny, that was great because I think the more you watch a movie like that, you're kind of like, come on now, like you know, in that moment you're thinking, man, it can't get any worse, <laughs> like I can't catch a, and all of a sudden here, oh, I I can make it worse for you real quickly, sir. I can make it real, I can make it really bad for you. So I love
3: that.
1: Oh, movie, you're right. A- absolutely, and then Michael Douglas, of course, when he's playing uh, the American president. He's shooting pool and they're doing an okay job with it, but there's also a scene where he's at Camp David saying, "Just give me the Wisconsin score, you blow hard." Yeah. <laughs> it's just going on and on.
0: Oh, it's so Which, great. No. How, oh, I love him in that one. I love him in that cuz they make him look like a halfway decent uh, a shot too when it comes yeah, to Yeah, he's pools. not
1: bad. Yeah. yeah, he's not bad at pool. Yeah. No, you how he takes funny that. is
0: took. I go back to Ferris Bueller's Day Off where Rooney's mm-hmm. um, Rooney gets spit on with the soda. And so he right. goes over to the pizza counter and he's wiping himself off and he looks up and the two guys are watching the Cubs game. And they say, he goes, What's the score? Nothing to nothing. Who's winning? The Bears. You know, like-
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which is true yeah. at the time. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's uh, a good that's, one.
0: That's what it is. Those are all the good things. But you're right. It's like they've used sports to normalize. And in some cases, it doesn't really work that well. So it's very. I, I always I always laugh when I see a scene where I'm like this. This has no place in this movie, but okay, we'll roll with it for about ten minutes.
1: I love talking movies, man. I love talking to yeah. a few good men. Some of my favorite. Some of my favorite stuff. But uh, yeah, we'll get into we'll get into more of that. All right, he's Chris Torello, and you can check him out when he's not talking about movies. He's talking about sports, the real sports. Mm-hmm. And of course, we got uh, the Rays opening up on Friday. Make sure you check him out on uh, Spectrum Sports mm-hmm. 316 Bay News Nine. Get the the home opener, Chris.
0: I will be away on vacation. I will not <sighs> be here. I am away. I am on a week and a half vacation, and I am going for a personal record 11 days away from Twitter, Rick. It's going to be very wow. fun.
1: We're going to miss you. Say <laughs> hi to Mickey for me, because I know you got to be going there. You've got to be headed back over.
0: Yeah, definitely. But we won't
1: disclose. We won't disclose.
0: Yeah, don't disclose. Don't disclose.
1: All right, well, we'll check you out when you get back from vacation. Thanks again, Chris, for the back-to-back days. We appreciate it, buddy. All right, see you. My thanks to Chris. Of course, always great to join him. Um, look, we've got a treat for you tomorrow, a college football roundtable. You want to have some questions answered. I know I do. What will college football look like? Will we have college football? And, um, you know, just just how much trouble are they in to try to complete play and complete a season? The two guys that know it the best, and you're talking about USF or any of the state schools or for the nation, for that matter, will be with us on the podcast. Joey Knight of the Tampa Bay Times, who covers USF, and then Matt Baker, who covers covers college football for us, joins us a lot during the college football season. We'll have those two guys talking about college football on the podcast tomorrow. And then on Friday, even bigger treat for you. It's opening day. That's right. Opening day, a 60-game sprint. To see who can uh, get to the World Series, we're going to have Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times to get you ready for opening day against the Toronto Blue Jays at the Trop. And, of course, you can watch that uh, on TV with the rest of us. But uh, an exciting season, a unique season, begins, of course, on Friday, and we'll have Mark Topkin with us on the podcast. So for Steve Bursnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.